Depression, Episode 8. I'm so excited. This is your host, Tamara Trotter. Today, I decided to talk to you about a very intense subject. And so when I started this podcast, I really wanted to talk about it sooner, but I thought I would wait a little bit because, like I said, it's a pretty intense subject. And due to what's going on right now in America with COVID-19, I think it's pretty, it's a, it's a really good time now to discuss it. So the, the subject is suicide, and we've actually had some doctors, some EMTs, and other frontline workers committing suicide, just dealing with COVID-19 and how difficult it is to watch so many people die such a tragic death and not have the comfort of their loved ones. So many of the people who have committed suicide have never had a history of mental illness. They've never had any signs of any psychiatric issues or problems. And so it just goes to show you that a single incident or a just feeling of hopelessness can lead you to take your own life. There was one doctor in particular that was very well known and she was the head of her department and she committed suicide about a week ago. And everyone was alarmed by her actually taking her life. But they do remember her talking about just being very overwhelmed with sadness over what's going on and just seeing so many patients pass away and not being able to really help them. So I wanted to talk to you about why people commit suicide, but also uh, some insight, whether there are warning signs or not, and what you can actually do to um, help someone change their mind about wanting to take their own life. And I know that I talk to you a lot about giving up is never an option. And for me, that's my mantra. It reminds me that no matter how I'm feeling, no matter how down I may be feeling or how I feel like there's a certain situation that isn't getting any better, I'm just reminded that no matter what, I don't have an option to give up. And I don't have an option to give up because there's people who love me. There's people who will be devastated if I were to take my life. I have a mom and father and sister, brother, nieces and nephews, uh, good friends. And really, when you commit suicide, all you're doing is transferring your pain onto someone else. Because now the person or the people who you've left are left wondering what they could have done if there were any warning signs, and they're left with a lot of guilt. So a lot of people say that committing suicide is a very selfish act. And I get it. I understand why people would think that. But at the same time, you got to be mindful of the fact that someone who takes their own life, they're not doing it to really hurt anybody, even though the end result is they are hurting someone. They're doing it because they're trapped in this unbearable pain and they believe that the only way that they can no longer feel the pain is to take their own life. So there may not be any warning signs and and I've said this several times before that there's really not much you can do to keep someone from committing suicide and I know that that's a harsh reality but there is so much time alone where that person has the opportunity to think about it and make a decision. And unless you're there at the precise time that they decide to pull the trigger 
pull the trigger, step off of a curb, um, take an overdose of pills or whatever it might be, the chances of you actually being there at that particular time is unlikely. And so really having an accountability partner is helpful for you to reach out to that person and say, hey, please promise me if you ever feel like you're close to actually following through with taking your own life, please give me a call so that we can talk about it. That is one approach, but it, it's really difficult for you to really talk someone out of committing suicide. The other reason I decided to talk about the fact that I've lived with depression for most of my adult life is because in doing some research, I found out that by 2020, that suicide would become the number one cause of death in America. And I was alarmed by that. And I said, well, what can I do to help people be able to cope better? Suicidal thoughts can really seep into one's mind at any time, especially if you are dealing with clinical depression or other mental health disorders. I know that trying to understand why someone would take their own life is a million dollar question, but I also want you to know that every single person that suffers with a mental illness has definitely contemplated suicide at one time or another, myself included. So it's just something that happens and it's at your lowest point. Um, there's so much guilt that surfaces when someone we know commits suicide and all the questions about why come up. Loved ones are pained tremendously and wonder whether they could have done anything to prevent such a final act. It is likely that the individual suffered in silence for a period of time unbeknown to their family or friends. The stigma that surrounds mental health issues is real and so many mask their feelings to keep from feeling like a burden to their family and friends. The truth is you will probably never know the exact reason and there was likely nothing that you could have done to prevent it. There may be warning signs, but not necessarily. These debilitating mental health diseases do not discriminate, but take many innocent prisoners and oftentimes out of the blue. Suicide has been perceived, as I said earlier, to be a selfish act. But if you put yourself in the place of the person who every single day feels sad and down and doesn't feel as if anything is going to change in their life, you might begin to understand a little better. The loved ones left behind must literally pick up the pieces and try to move on with their lives, and that makes it difficult. But unfortunately, most individuals who have contemplated suicide, they may have not had a plan, and oftentimes they say it because there's such despair that they feel because they become overwhelmed by the hopelessness, guilt, and the agony that they feel. But oftentimes they're able to think of a time when life was good and they were happy and that helps them get through and they oftentimes change their mind. 
Sometimes people commit suicide by accident and it really wasn't their intention, but the way that they chose to take their life cost them their life, even though they had no intention because they suffer with anxiety and stress, which is a big sign of depression. Um, In most cases, the successful person in trying to commit suicide is really just trying to end their pain. And they felt that their spirit was broken and that death seemed like the only way to stop their pain. They were suffering far beyond their ability to cope with their mental health issues. They were overwhelmed and saw no way out. They were overcome by unbearable sadness and felt that death was the only way to end their internal breathtaking pain. Please know they tried to continue on and they really did not mean to hurt anyone. Your loved one felt only death would end their dark and sad existence. Their clinically depressed mind was telling them life is too too painful. It was during this moment that they made their decision to take what many of us feel is an unspeakable act. Because remember, suicide takes no prisoners nor discriminates. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. But they were struggling every day. Their mind was their worst enemy and they felt trapped inside their thoughts. They made assumptions about their interactions, sometimes to the point of paranoia and have difficulty deciding what is true. They felt they were alone in their pain and they were convinced that they were a burden to their family and friends. They may have a couple of friends that they confided in But unless you have experienced the deep-rooted sadness and helplessness, no one can really understand the day-to-day and often moment-to-moment struggle of mental health disorders. I am absolutely in a much better place than I have been years and years ago. And it's because I decided to take a proactive approach in dealing with my mental health disorder. But not everyone has the courage and the ability to do that. Because when I'm looking back on some of the things that I've written, I'm just not in that place anymore. And I am very thankful for that. So there are people who are in different stages in their mental illness, and it's in the stage when they feel sad and they feel like there's absolutely nothing that they can do and they don't want the rest of their life to be like this, that's when they decide that suicide is their only option. And also the fact that the negative stigmas that surround mental illness encourage silence, and when you want to seek professional help, it's perceived to be a weakness. 
So even if that person wanted to reach out for help, maybe their family or friends didn't believe them and told them that only weak people go and get therapy. And that only made their situation worse. And that's why people really conceal how they're feeling because society can be so cruel and accusatory. As hard as this may be to accept, you are not responsible for the death of your loved one. They did not kill themselves because of you. It is common for suicidal thoughts to run through the minds of those with a mental illness because clinical depression is an unrelenting disease that affects so many lives and it happens every single day on this earth. There are over 800,000 people that commit suicide every year. That is an alarming number. And those people who commit suicide oftentimes isolate themselves, stop communicating, and try on their own volition to pull themselves out. Once they realize they can no longer endure the pain, they begin planning to end it all. They may have untreated symptoms of depression because individuals who suffer from mental health disorders put on their game face every day to appear normal. They're not faking when they seem fine and go hang out with friends, but you have no idea how hard it was for them to get dressed and leave the house. If they appear to be having a good time when they're out with friends, it's probably true. They are having a good time, but it's when they get home that the sadness sets in again and they begin to feel alone all over again. And then they have to build up the courage to wake up and face another day that they may feel will end up being miserable. So if you are trying to make sense over the suicide of a loved one, do not blame yourself for their act. There may not have been any warning signs, so don't beat yourself up. You can play back your last conversation in your mind, but it's not your fault if you missed it. You will never know. There were likely, they were likely already resolved about their decision to commit suicide. It was all about them and not about you. They were in such pain and sadness beyond belief and somehow believed that not being here was the best solution. They may not have thought about how their death would affect you or someone else. Their mindset in their existence and in their pain. Their death is not your fault. This treacherous disease that affects so many lives is a real culprit. So now that I've talked to you about why someone commits suicide, uh, being transparent with you, my audience... For me personally, yes, I have thought about committing suicide. I have never come up with a plan, never carried out a plan, never even attempted in any way. But yes, you do think about it. It does cross your mind because the pain can be, like I said, unbearable. But right now, I'm in a very good place and a good space, and I haven't had any thoughts for quite a while. But it takes hard work. Because you have to figure out what the triggers are. You have to figure out what you're going to do when you feel that way. And you have to act on it. So it's, it's no 
it's a difficult feat in that once you have made a decision that that just isn't something that you're going to do, that actually helps 99.9% of it because you've already said that giving up is never an option. And that means that no matter what, no matter how I feel, I'm just not going to do it no matter what. So if you can resolve to that and you can come up with a plan of being proactive, whether it's calling someone, calling the suicide prevention hotline, journaling when you feel really down, going over a friend's house, whatever it is, have a plan. Because not having a plan will allow your mind to wander. So for those who are listening to this podcast because you want to understand your loved one better, what's really important is that they need to know that you care and that even though you don't understand what they're going through, that you believe that they're going through something that is causing them pain. And if they're not able to articulate exactly what it is, There are certain things that you shouldn't say, like just snap out of it. Just be happy. What's wrong with you? You could be much better. You could be worse than other people. Don't say stuff like that because that just makes them feel like you really, you really don't care because an individual who suffers from depression feels like they're all alone in their pain because they don't feel like anyone really understands because you can say, I understand, but if you haven't been in that person's shoes and you haven't experienced what it feels like, I guarantee you, you won't understand. And in my research, what I've learned is that just about every single person that's ever talked about what it feels like to feel depressed, they say it's like this cloud of darkness is hovering over them. Time and time again, that's what I hear is that You can't really explain it, but it just feels like this cloud is just following you around and doesn't want to go away. I also encourage you to look up on YouTube and listen to a nine minute video called The Black Dog. The Black Dog. It's an excellent video that really shows you what it's like to feel depressed, but then what you can do to be proactive and to thrive anyway. Because a diagnosis of depression and having a mental illness is one of the most difficult situations to deal with in your life. Because no one wants to have a mental health disorder, chronic depression, or bipolar disease, or bipolar disorder, or schizophrenia, or whatever it might be. No one wants to admit that that's something that they've been diagnosed with. Because it can really easily consume your life and render you so helpless that you can hardly get out of bed. Because there are people who suffer that can't get out of bed in the morning and they have to have disability insurance because they are not able to function because of their mental health disorder. Many lack any appetite and they almost have to force themselves to eat just because you're supposed to eat in order to be healthy. You're usually not interested in anything. And nothing really seems to matter. You just exist and hope that you feel better in the next day, the next week, month, or in the coming months. Depression produces a daunting and overwhelming feeling 
and you have to fight with all you have to make it. So think about someone who they just don't have the ability to fight. They're tired. They don't feel like fighting. That's when they give up. And that's why if you believe and you subscribe to the fact that giving up is never an option, then you know that you got to come up with a different solution. And committing suicide is not one of them. So you need to really sympathize rather than criticize those people who suffer with depression that you really don't understand. Because those who suffer with the mental illness believe that the most compassionate and loving friend will eventually grow frustrated and abandon them. This friend only understands to a certain degree and really cannot fathom the feeling. It is hard to understand how someone living with a mental illness can feel so sad day after day. And I have a very good friend who I confided in, and she said the same thing. Tamara, I just don't understand how you can be sad every single day. Well, it's not necessarily a feeling of sadness. It's just a feeling that you have to perk yourself up or just make it through the day. It's just like this constant nagging feeling that you have just about every single day. But there are days when, yes, it's not as um, overwhelming for you because you, you don't feel it. And there are definitely days when you don't have depressed symptoms, symptoms of depression. And so one of my previous episodes talks about living uh, and having an upbeat day and what it feels like. And so you try to ride those days out as long as you can and as far as you can. And you just feel like, man, if I could feel like this every day, I'd be on top of the world. But the best way to deal with your real feelings is to sympathize rather than criticize and support rather than judge. Because a judgmental friend really hurts the depressed individual because they are trying to feel better and they are dealing with the relentless situation and they definitely want to be free from depression. They oftentimes don't let their friends know how they're really feeling every day. Because they don't want the friendship to feel like a burden. So they're probably not going to share with you every time they're feeling down. And when you ask them how they're feeling, they're going to say, okay. They're not going to admit that they're in a downward spiral. And so this is probably the worst time for them not to communicate because they are all alone in their thoughts. So if you sense something different about someone that you know, suffers with a mental illness, just make sure you get in touch with them and just ask them how they're feeling and and see if they're really having any suicidal thoughts because it's during those times when those thoughts permeate their mind and it's a good time to check on their well-being. So force the communication and help them push through the pain of feeling all alone. It's really a cry for help and just showing you care may be all they need to get back on track and back in the game. But definitely don't give up on them because they need you desperately and you do more for them than you could possibly ever know. So for those of you who support and encourage and check in on people who suffer with a mental illness, you are a golden friend. 
So please continue doing what you're doing. So this completes episode eight. I'm so very excited and I never want to end my podcast without first thanking you so very much for listening. Remember, giving up is never an option and you must stay in the game of life. I'm Tamara Trotter. You can find me on Pinterest at TT Mental Health Expert. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tamara Trotter. You can join my Facebook group at Through the Eyes of Depression Facebook group. Go ahead and join. You can also subscribe to my podcast, Win Over Depression, which you're listening to now. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, also called Win Over Depression. Please also consider becoming a patron for this channel. Go to www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Tamara Trotter. As little as $5 a month can really help me upgrade my equipment and keep bringing you win over depression. In addition, you can purchase my ebook at throughtheeyesofdepression.org. Go to my products. The ebook is $6.99. I also have 12 cards, Breakthrough Depression cards that you can send to your loved ones. You can go to my website, look under products. And you can make the purchase there. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you the next time.